Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, a very good morning to you. Tuesday morning, Teams Tuesday. Thanks for rubbing the deep heat in with me this Tuesday morning at oh, four minutes past nine. Activist athletes, sports stars who speak up on social issues. It's a turn off, right? Is it? Maybe. Maybe not. You tell me. 13, 13, 55. I'll get my take shortly and that of an expert, but yours holds the most weight. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Broncos fans, do you dare to dream? Actually, here's some good news. I just walked into the studio and have seen this. The Broncos have locked in Jesse Arthurs until the end of 2026. That is some breaking news. He's played a major role since Corey Oates has been out injured, hasn't he? He stepped up. He also stepped up when Reese Walsh was out, so when Cobbo moved to fullback, so they've got the versatile outside back until the end of 2026. But as it stands right now, the Broncos unbeaten, 5-0, 25 years since a start like this. And the last time they started 5-0, they won a premiership. So Broncos fans, do you dare to dream? 25 years ago, Reese Walsh, Payne Haas, Herbie Farnworth, Katoni Staggs, Tom Flegler, they weren't even born. Pat Carrigan is four months old. Kevy is playing and not coaching. Is this the year of the Broncos? Broncos fans, you tell me. 13-13-55. Last night on NRL 360, Kevy revealed the secret to their success. We're not talking uh, competitions here, Phil. We, we, we've actually broken the season up into months and we're into our second month now. Last week was our first week of that second month and this, this week against the Raiders, it's week two of, of a four-week block. So I think it's really important, particularly with the maturity of our side, just to look at it that way because uh, last year we, you know, and I don't want to talk about last year too much because that was a different team to what's playing now, the different mentality, different maturity amongst the group and also the coaching staff as well and everyone involved in the club. So, yeah, it's one week at a time. It's an old cliche, I know, but we're just breaking it down. Well, actually, we're breaking it down four weeks at a time but then taking it one week at a time from there and it seemed to be working okay for us at the moment so we'll continue on that path. Yeah, forget one week at a time, four weeks at a time. That's the new key. That is the key to the Broncos. Is this the year the Broncos break their drought? Seriously, I, I, I want to get a feel on this. I want to take your temperature. Or, or aren't you convinced yet? And, and that's okay. We're only five rounds in, right? They've beaten the Premiers. They've beaten the prelim finalists and the Cowboys. They've beaten the new kids on the block. And they've taken down their bogey team, the Tigers. But they've done it all in their own backyard. The last four games have been at home. This week's game is going to be at home. Next week's game against the Titans is on the Gold Coast. All in the Broncos' backyard. In fact, in the first 10 rounds of the competition, the Broncos would have jumped on a plane just twice. And that's unheard of for a team outside of Sydney. Penrith in round one. And then come round eight, they go to Darwin to play Parramatta. Eight 
of their first 12 games are at Suncorp Stadium. Eight of their first 12. Back-ended, you know they're going to be away from home. So this draw is primed for a Brisbane Premiership, don't you think? Or as Heel said a couple of minutes ago, is it too early to tell? Wait for their first loss and then we'll see what the real Bronco colours are. But Broncos fans, you tell me, are you daring to dream? Is this the year, a 5-0 and start? I'll be catching up with one of their most important signings before midday. It's the muscle man, Marty Topol. And we'll do that once he's finished training. In fact, speaking of training, Broncos, Dolphins and Lions are on the park this morning. I will take you around the grounds. What's doing where and who's running where? That is big in terms of the Dolphins. We know that they are struggling as far as injury. How's Anthony Milford with his hamstring? It's probably even bigger for the Lions. Chris Fagan, when does he pull the trigger on the forwards? Or does he pull the trigger on the forwards? Does he believe in redemption? Or is it about reaction? They have to stop a runaway Collingwood Thursday night, the Gabba. Easter Thursday. It is primed. It is a sellout. And we have tickets here, a double to give away. I'll be doing that before midday today. Listen out for when I have a chat to Mitch Robinson after 10 o'clock today. Look, the other thing that's happening in your part of the world this morning, the NRL heavies are in town to launch Magic Round. It's not for another month. But the NRL's ramping things up, getting the hype going, getting the tickets pumped for one of football's most unique weekends. Every team all in the one place. It is a fan's dream. Super Rugby have copied it. The ARL are doing it this week with or this month with uh, Gather Round. It's a winner for fans, isn't it? So it got me thinking. Outside of your team, which is the other side that you would pay to watch? Which team are you looking forward to seeing outside of your own at Magic Round? Why? Why would you stick around to watch them? Why would you get there early to watch them? Who's your, I guess, favourite second team? Which other one in the competition outside of your own do you love watching? And why? 131355. 0467 736 736. Um, we'll do a player poll uh, or a fan poll or vote. However you want. We'll keep a tally to find out who's everyone's second favourite team is. I do have a $50 Sporting Globe voucher to give away to the caller of the day or the texter of the day. 131355. But first up. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Athletes speaking out on social issues. Is it a turnoff? It's one of the big conundrums, one of the big head scratches of our time. Sports stars more and more are speaking out on things like, well, that just aren't sport. Climate change, politics, social justice for minorities. Someone in the media, I love it. But as a fan, I hate it. So I'm tearing myself up here. Help me out. 13, 13, 55. Athletes speaking on social issues. Is it a turnoff? In the media, we crave athletes to speak their minds, to be authentic, to have a personality and to show it. It enhances the story. And I reckon you like that too. You want your athletes not to be robots, right? You want them to have a personality. You want them to be characters. But how far is too far? Because as a fan, I just want to watch footy or the cricket or the golf, netball, whatever. Sport 
is an escape. It's entertainment. It's my downtime. It's my downtime that actually gets me up. So don't go preaching to me about real world worries and problems that I'm actually trying to escape from, right? Politics, climate change, racism, equality. That, that's a turnoff, isn't it? If it is, how does Pat Cummins become our most marketable athlete? Spoke about this briefly a couple of weeks ago when this list came out, and it was compiled not by vote or popularity. It was set by a number of key factors, a number of key parameters. Reach, performance, likability, marketability. We'll go through them as the morning winds on. But the Australian cricket captain heads a list of Australian athletes whose brand is the one companies are supposedly chasing. We've spoken ad nauseum about his stance, and I say his stance, Pat Cummins' stance, on climate change and a litter energy. You, you don't like it. That, that's, that's what I've heard so far. So are you buying what Pat Cummins is selling? Gillette Razors, New Balance, Fox Sports. He, he's the face of them all. Are you buying them because of Pat Cummins? Well, maybe the question should be, are you not buying them because of Pat Cummins? Because if you're not, then there is a turnoff factor. But if you're still shaving with the best a man can get, then what he says on social issues doesn't affect you that much, right? Shortly, I'll be talking to a man who does this for a living, sports marketing, who's hot, who's not, what brands are looking for. But what I'm looking for this morning is the correlation, the correlation of activist athletes. And if that damages the brand and the brand that they're looking for and promoting and the brand that they're playing for. Does it damage it for you? 131355, Sports Stars speaking out. Is it a turnoff? Look, this comes off the back of a warning yesterday printed in The Australian. And it said that naming rights sponsors of sport are backing away from actually putting their hard-earned, their company's money into naming rights. But if they do go down that path, that they'll want assurances there's no repeat of the whole cricket Alinta meltdown. One of the quotes in The Australian yesterday saying that the true value of sponsorship is that it enhances a company's reputation. But given the public position taken by Pat Cummins and others, there's a consideration now for companies who are thinking about becoming new blue chip sponsors. What will they do to look after their reputation? What are the checks and balances now in place to protect them? I can see it a company asking for a refund or money back if all of a sudden their brand is damaged because of said athlete speaking out against them. Imagine speaking out against your employer or something they stand for or something that one of their clients, imagine having a crack at one of your clients. How long would you last? Anyway, sports stars, athletes are on notice. Look, the, the way I see it, we don't have a royal family or Hollywood in this country. So athletes are our social elite. They are our A-listers. They have a platform, which you and I created for them, to reach hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. So when they talk, they're heard. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has a right to an opinion. So theirs are just amplified through radio, through TV, through newspapers, mainstream media, and social media. They have a platform, but should they use it? Just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? But then are we guilty of double standards? 
Pat Cummins taking a knee for racism. Why is that okay, but then talking about climate change isn't? Hey, maybe taking a knee isn't okay with you. 13, 13, 55. And it's okay if you're calling that out because you might think that sport isn't the place for making a stand on social, social issues. This is what I want to get the temperature of this morning. And if they are the place for making a stand for social issues, which ones are okay and which ones aren't? Where, where do you draw the line? Racism, equality, is there a line on this? Have a look at the Manly players when it comes to the pride jersey. Yeah, that was about religion. But again, where do we draw the line? So activist athletes, sports stars, speaking out on social issues. Is it a turnoff for you? And why? 131355, 0467 736 736. You're on SENQ, the new home of sport here in Queensland, 6.93am in Brisbane and 16.20 on the Gold Coast. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. 21 minutes past nine. Thanks for your company. A $50 Sporting Globe voucher to give away this morning to the best caller, the best texter of the day. Uh, Razor has said, Ben, you hit this one on the head. Grand finals are played in New South Wales and Broncos players are yet to sample the rabbit food. Qantas hand out on flights. Razor, thank you. I think they fly virgin now. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Broncos, they've played in their backyard. Have we seen and have they been given the real test? It's one thing I'm going to put to our man on Teams Tuesday, Brent Tate. Tatey Tuesday, that's the way to call it. Tatey, I love how you've given us that song to play for every time you're on. Like, I, it's a great, it's a great intro. It's a great intro, mate. Hey, firstly, uh, I've got to ask, how were you watching Riley, your nephew, make his debut on Sunday night? Yeah, well, I was probably one of the only family family members that wasn't able to get down to Sydney to watch him. But, um, mate, it was ext- just a really nice moment. Obviously, um, you know, watching him come through. He's he's been around footy his whole life, Riley, and you know, he's dreamt of it as a, as a young kid coming through, watching his dad play and then to, um, you know, to watch him finally realise his dream and I know how hard he's worked and um, he's had to he's had to do it the hard way too, you know. He's had some injuries and he's had to fight his way into, um, you know, playing first grade and it's taken a little while for him. But, um, mate, he's there and mate, we were just all extremely proud of him and I thought he did a really good job, did, did what he had to do for his first game, so a good start. All right, uh, Scott Drinkwater comes back this week for the the uh, Cowboys as well. So the, the, he he's probably I would say their most important player. Yeah, can't come quick enough. I don't think um, we've really missed him the last three weeks. So I, I just feel like the Cowboys attack at the moment is really one paced and really um, pedestrian. I'd say um, I know that's probably pretty harsh criticism, but we we just don't have much in attack. So um, you know to have the spark that he brings and. Um, Tommy Chester's done a great job, but I just think with um, Scotty Drinkwater's kicking game, um, his passing game, and, and just, you know, his all-round attack, um, uh, he's been sorely missed. So uh, he comes back and, and at a really good time for us because it's been a tough couple of weeks. All right, I, I want to talk to you about the Broncos starting just a tick, but before we leave the Cowboys, the Golden Point game, it, it's it, it's exciting. It, it was not the result the Cowboys wanted, but... Taddy, are you a fan of Golden Point? 
Yeah, I love it, mate. I think it's awesome. I, I, I've never had a problem with it. I always think there should be a result. So um, when you're playing a game of footy... What's wrong with the draw? Um, it's not a result. No, it is. It's a result. <laughs> <laughs> just both teams are as good as each other. It just It's no, not a win or a loss. It's a draw. No, no, I get it. Oh, look, mate, I'm just a fan of it. I think, you know, right. what it brings to the fans and the people watching in the stands and the excitement. Like, like that, I, I guess that game the other night, the Cowboys and Bulldogs, it wasn't a fantastic game, but everyone's talking about how wonderful it was because of the finish. So I guess that's what it does. Um, you know, yeah, it gets everyone involved and it, it's exciting. And mate, that, that last sort of five to ten minutes, it was, it was pretty cool to watch. What about golden try instead of golden point? Oh, I like golden point just because it's um, obviously it, it's really difficult to get a try. And I, I love the fact that, you know, teams are setting up to get a field goal and then we see something like what Burton did you know, last week and then I, um, Nathan Cleary a couple of weeks ago. So, um, but Tady, mate, I, come I like on, setting up, setting up for a field goal. That's just taking five rucks up the field and kicking it over the post, right? Like no, that, that's a training, that's a training at. drill. Come on. Um, <laughs> Danny, Danny, come on, mate. Where's your, where's your, mate? You're sitting on the edge of your seat. You're looking at the setup. You, then the kick comes. And, and I want to see the try. The kick goes. Oh, I, I want to see God. the skill. I want to see the positive play. I want to see the try oh. being scored. Mate, you, we can't have everything in life, Benny. That's one thing <laughs> I've learned. I got taught a long time ago. You can't have everything. <laughs> 13, 13, 55. Can you have everything? No, golden point. It's, it, it's, a, it is a big talking point, and I'd love to, I'd love to get uh, everyone's thoughts on it. Golden point, golden try. Are you happy with it, or are you happy with a draw? Tady, um, speaking of having everything, can the Broncos have everything this year? Owen, five. The last time that happened was 1998. You hadn't even made a uh, five and oh, sorry, not Owen, five. <laughs> five and oh. Um, it, yeah, you, you hadn't even made your first grade debut by then. No, I was still at high school at that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, um, mate, they're going wonderful, aren't they? You know, th- there is a couple of... Th- look, I think Brisbane's one to 17. I've said the whole way along is as good as any in the competition. But, you know, the only thing that will stop Brisbane is going to be themselves, um, getting ahead of themselves. You know, they still are a really young group. But, you know, if they're smart and um, and, you know, they learn from last year's mistakes, mate, which... You know, from all reports and listening to Kevin and listening to the playing group, you know, that, you know, the finals fade out last year is still really relevant in their mind. And it should be because that's how you learn as a footy player and as a person. You, you learn from your mistakes. So, um, you know, there are going to be a couple of challenges that are thrown their way. They're going to have huge representation throughout the origin period. And a lot of those guys, you know, like Walsh, you'd expect to play origin and, and a few others that... Um, you know, we'll get a taste of representative football and then how you recover from that at the back end of the year because, you know, it is so taxing and draining and when you haven't done it before, um, you know, it, it, it's, it can be a real distraction and you, you, you do get tired at the back end of the year. So, that you know, that's going to be a real challenge for them because they will have huge representation. But, um, you know, all in all... Have they got Benny the depth to cover off. that, Tady? Have they got the depth? Oh, I, I, yeah. They do, mate. I really do. You know, even if they lost Reynolds, um, you know, little Jock Madden, uh, little half from the Tigers they bought, I think he's, he's mm. a really good little player. Um, you know, if Walsh doesn't play, you've got Cobo, Jesse Arthurs comes on the wing. You know, they've got depth in the centres. You know, they've, they've got a great forward pack as well. So, mate, look, at the end of the day, they've got to keep working hard. And there's a lot, lot of water going to the bridge. But, you know, they, they're going to give themselves every opportunity they can keep their feet on the ground this year, the Broncos, because they've got a hell of a squad and they're playing great footy. Yeah, and, and you'd have to think too that 
their spine is really not going to be interrupted. Maybe Reese Walsh does go as the Queensland fullback or at least part of the Queensland setup. But uh, Adam Reynolds, Esma, uh, Esma, uh, Ezra Mam, uh, and, and the two hookers, Pakes and, and Billy Walters, that, they'll still be there during rep period. The, the, the interesting Two interesting points for me out of the, the Broncos so far, Tady, is you know a team's character and, and I guess how they respond after they get up off the canvas. We haven't seen a mm. loss yet. So... After the Broncos' first loss, we'll see what type of team they are. But also, they've done this all in their backyard. They've had to travel once so far this season, and that was to Penrith in round one. Everything's been done at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, mate, that's a great point. Um, you know, I don't think the travel is a huge thing for Brisbane. You know, like it's not as if, you know, like the Warriors, you're travelling two or three hours and there's a time difference. So, you know, I don't really sort of buy into the trouble. Obviously, playing at Suncorp, you always get the feeling that it's a big game and, you know, it's exciting because there's always 30-plus thousand there. bit different when you go into Leichhardt and you're playing in front of 8,000 or something like that. So, look, they, they are challenges, but, you know, again, they've, they've got some guys that have experienced now. They've played big games. They've played test and origin footy. Um, they know what it's like. And they, they're now well into their careers where they know what's required to be a first grader and, and, and get the job done week in and week out. And sometimes, like, that does take a couple of years to understand that and learn that. Um, you know, the guys like Paddy Carrigan, Payne Haas, you know, Flegler, these guys are, you know, well into their careers now. So, um, look, you know, they, they're going to have adversity and they're going to lose some games because it's the NRL and it's, it is near, it is impossible, I think, to, to go through an under the season and not have some losses. So, mm. Um, you're right, there's going to be some setbacks. And as I said, throughout that origin period, having guys going away and being disrupted. But you know, if they can keep everyone fit and they can keep their head screwed on, right? they, they're a big chance. They're a big chance, absolutely. All right, well, let's have a look at the local derby or at least the Queensland derby that's happening on Friday night, Good Friday. It's the Cowboys, who we've already touched on, and the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are really, well, they're now going to be tested. They're struggling with, with injury. I mean, Cody Nicarima is expected to come in for Anthony Milford and, and partner Katoa. Um, they're starting to get really skinny now, as far as I'm concerned, the Dolphins. Oh, they are, um, Benny. And uh, they're not the only team. You know, the Cowboys have got huge injury concerns as well. I think, um, you know, they're just about out of back rollers at the moment. Um, so... You know, look, look it, all teams at the moment, except for the Broncos, um, have got huge injury tolls, and I think that's off the back of the World Cup year. And the Dolphins are, you know, dipping deep into their depth right now um, to, to put to be able to feel the team. But you know, they didn't play well last week, and you know, one thing I do know about Wayne is they won't back up to ordinary performances. So, um, and, and one thing I, you know, notice about the Dolphins is they don't beat themselves. You know, you've got to play well to beat the Dolphins every week. Um, you know, that's what we've known. Well, that's what I've noticed the last few weeks. So, uh, mate, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one actually because the Cowboys aren't playing well. They've got injuries as well, same as the Dolphins. And um, yeah, it's going to be mate, it's going to be an interesting one. I, I can't separate them in this one. Okay. Oh, so what? Maybe a draw. <laughs> you're agitating now. You're, you're poking the sword. <laughs> so, what do you think? Well, no, and honestly, I mean, could it be another golden point game for for the Cowboys up there in Townsville, or is it the fact that they're in their backyard? Does does the home ground advantage get the Cowboys home? Well, I, I tell you one thing about playing at big stadiums, Benny. You know, whether it's a home and away, when you're playing at a big stadium like the, like at the Cowboys or Suncorp, and you're an away team, and whilst the crowd is against you, you get up for it because of the noise and the atmosphere. So. 
you enjoy it, you rise to the occasion because you love you love playing in front of big crowds. It doesn't matter whether you're home or away. That's that's as a as a league player, and you know, that's what you get up for. So, uh, mate, it'll be exciting for the Dolphins to come up here because it'll be a huge crowd. It's Good Friday. Uh, it's the only place you can get a beer in Townsville on Good Friday. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be mate, it'll be packed. Uh, so, honestly, I think it's going to be a really tight one, mate. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes in the Golden Point. If I was a betting man, Benny, because we've had this conversation, I'd put. I'd put some money on a golden point game. Golden point or maybe golden try. Mm. Now, let's finish on the Titans and Dragons, Tatey, very quickly, um, because I'm looking at the ladder now. There is a host of teams that are sitting on six points, all the way from the Panthers in fifth down to the Dragons in tenth. And the Titans and Dragons play each other. So whoever wins this game, you would think, would dive into the top eight. Um, the Titans, they, again, injuries, They've who have they got? They've got missing Brimson, uh, Foran, uh, Jamin Jolliffe, Sam Verrills, uh, Jojo Fafita. Like, they're, they're on the cusp too, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, mate, I, I've never seen injury tales like this with teams. I actually think, you know, as I said, it's obviously off the back of a World Cup year, but, uh, you know, I think they might have to look at extending the squads from, you know, about from 30 onwards because, you know, most teams are, are having to go and get salary cap dispensation to field guys outside of their squad because they just don't have the numbers and the injury tolls are huge. Yeah. So, um, mate, it, it, you know, I've never seen injuries like this where, you know, teams are really dipping deep into, you know, their squads to be able to literally field a team each week and well, I think the Cowboys used 23 last year for the whole season I think we're up to 26 or 7 already this year in round wow. 5 so mate it's um, yeah, it's a telling yeah, stat isn't it huge massive so yeah it's an interesting one mate but um, let's hope the uh, all the Queensland teams um, you know can get their teams back especially the Titans because when you haven't got your spine and they've lost all their spine just about it uh, mate it's you, you take that in any team and you're going to struggle. Yeah, big game against the Dragons, as we said, for the Titans. It could launch them into the eight or it could have them uh, sliding down the ladder. Tatey, thank you. Let's look forward to Golden Try coming in and being implemented at some stage. <laughs> 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 Moving forward. Uh, we'll, ch- we'll chat again next week. Brent Tate, it is Tatey Tuesday. You can feel the energy as a Titans member too this season. Uh, how do you do it? Easy. Visit titans.com.au. Uh, in all seriousness, I know I was having a bit of fun there with Brent Tate, but is there anything wrong with the draw? Or if it is golden point, if you do want a win or loss result, should it be golden try? For for ever in a day, I've been saying golden try. It promotes positivity in a game rather than relying on negative play. Now, I'm not saying a field goal is a negative play, but if penalties come into place, then you're, uh, you're wanting the opposition to make a mistake. It's like you're choosing to kick off, too, in Golden Point. So you're promoting negative play because you're wanting the opposition to make a mistake in their own half. Get your first use of the football and score a try. Golden try. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. 25 away from 10. <laughs> Excuse me, 23 away from 10. Uh, I'm coughing because... Well, someone's delivered some hot cross buns into the studio, and I thought I'd actually <clears throat> swallow mine before I came back on air, but we're just having the debate about hot cross buns. Like, do they do they have to have fruit in them to actually be traditional hot cross buns, and are chocolate hot cross buns the best ones? I, I would have thought that with choc chips and chocolate in the hot cross buns, that, that that's a winner for me. But then there was the very staunch, no, hot cross buns need to have 
sultanas in them. It's sultanas that go in hot cross buns. Sam, what are you eating? Are you eating I've, I've got a sultana number over yeah. here on this side of the desk. And you reckon that's the only hot cross bun? I, I, I don't like the other ones. Why? Without sultanas, it's just bread. And then I suppose chocolate. I could be partial to a chocolate one. Depends what mood I'm in, but... And and the and the Hoff has given us his because he just hates hot cross buns, period. Like, what about that? Wow. The killjoy, hey? Don't worry about the Christmas Grinch now. We've got the Easter. The Easter Grinch, hot cross buns. You've, so you reckon sultanas are the only, or fruit in hot cross buns? Um, that, yep. That's got to be I'm it. a traditionalist when it comes to hot cross buns, Dave, Benny. Yeah, okay. What about hot cross buns on Boxing Day? Oh, yeah, 100%. That's not tradition. As soon as, as soon as they come, as soon as it's past Christmas, I reckon it can be hot cross bun season. Please. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736 on the text line. $50 voucher heading to the Sporting Globe. That's right. You can go there for dinner. We've got the drinks for you. Uh, this one's from Peach. Oh, morning. Peach had it by desert. He said, look, my favourite teams are Manly first and Warringah second. Peach, we, we can't be friends. Well, actually, no, I suppose, I suppose every, every hero needs a villain, right? Yeah. Okay. He grew up in Windsor in New South Wales, he said, played junior footy in the Penrith Comp. So the Panthers would have to be my second team. So he is going to Magic Round, looking forward to the Panthers play outside of Manly. And that's the question I posed this morning around Magic Round. Great concept, isn't it? Where you get to see every team in the one place over the one weekend. And if that's you, who outside of your team are you looking forward to watch the most? Who excites you the most? Is it because of a player? Is it because of their style of play? Who and why? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Lee says, I follow the Raiders, Roosters, Rabbits, because I learnt the three R's at school. <laughs> uh, Lee, thank you. Uh, and Adam has said, look, I, I think Gather Round or Magic Round in the NRL is an amazing concept. As a, a lover of AFL in general, the Gather Round gives the opportunity to see games not just involving your team. So, yeah, it is something that the AFL's picked up on a, as well. I remember when AFL was in Queensland, I went to six games in six days purely because I loved the game. So that was during COVID, wasn't it? When everything was relocated here. Six games in six days. Won't be making it to Adelaide this year due to family commitments, but we'll definitely be keen on the future. I'm sure I'd go to nine games if that's logistically possible. I don't know if it can be. Oh, no, because there's one out in the Barossa, isn't there? That's where the Lions are playing, North Melbourne. Uh, would love to be included in the draw for the Sporting Globe voucher. Well, Adam, yes, you are there. You are the clubhouse leader at the moment. Can you beat that? Text or phone, 13 13 55. Would love our chat to you, especially if you're a Broncos fan. And, and see, I'm now, I'm now sort of getting the picture by the lack of Broncos fans wanting to say if this is their year. I, I actually think there's a bit of trepidation yet, even though five and zero for the first time since '98, the last time that happened, they did win a premiership. Are you just keeping your powder dry to see what happens? Is that where it's at for you as a Broncos fan? Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Straight after this, sporting brands activism as far as athletes are concerned. How, how much does that damage a brand for them, but also their sport? Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. 
check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, 14 away from 10 and knocking on the door of 25 degrees. Fish showers around today, according to the Bureau. We'll see how that uh, pans out. Throughout the day, uh, beautiful autumn start to it, hasn't it been? With footy in play, we'll take you around the grounds, the Dolphins, the Lions and the Broncos all training at the moment. After 10, Mitch Robinson will be along to talk AFL, the big match this weekend or this week, Easter Thursday, Lions, Collingwood. It's a sellout. Any questions for Robbo? I would have thought there'd be plenty after the Lions' performance last week. Does Chris Fagan have to start pulling the trigger on some of these forwards? Maybe that's a question you want to ask Robbo. We have tickets to give away to the Gabba this Thursday night. But right now, I want to talk athletes speaking out on social issues. Is it a turnoff for you? And if so, why? 13, 13, 55. One of the reasons being read yesterday that big companies are starting to balk at paying the big bucks for naming rights because they just don't know what they're going to be getting as far as individual athletes speaking out. And we use the Alita Energy sponsorship of Australian cricket as case in point when all of a sudden the captain of Australian cricket starts talking out about climate change and energy providers and how they should be looking at who they partner with. You don't want that, do you? Or do you want athletes speaking up about social issues? I mean, they're part of society, a society in which we live in. They have a platform and everyone has entitled to an opinion. Is it a turnoff? Do they lose their credibility as far as branding and marketing? I wouldn't think so because looking at Code Sport, what they produced over the last couple of weeks about the most marketable athlete in this country – And it is Pat Cummins. And this comes after the Alinta Energy speak out. 131355 0467 736 736. On the line right now is Tristan Hay. And he's from THM. And he is the general manager of that. Now, he was a big part of putting this list together for Code Sport. Tristan, good morning to you. Can we just talk through athletes and their markability? How was this list compiled and how do we rank and rate them? Yeah, g'day, Ben. Um, yeah, so the list was compiled through a number of different measures. Um, again, primarily all through data. So um, there was a big audit done on social the athletes' social media accounts. Um, there was a lot of research done on their on their brand and their kind of net worth um, established through some of their, their existing sponsor sponsorship deals. Um, I should say it's very, it was very much kind of um, retrospective the last 12 months, so obviously up until this point, so it's not kind of future looking. Um, and I guess someone like Pat Cummins, obviously the captain of Australia, um, is probably the most high-profile position in Australian sport, um, um, you know, which I think is probably why he, uh, he came up on top. Because one of the big head scratches for, I guess, fans and, and media alike is that we, we want athletes to be characters. We want them to have personalities. We want them to actually speak their mind. We don't want them to be robots. Yet the first time they start mentioning anything to do with uh, social uh, issues, we jump on them. So is there a balance here and can that affect one a sport, but then also an athlete's marketability? Yeah, I mean, I think, you've, I think we, again, we kind of have to go backwards. I mean, you know, whether we agree with it or not, sport's always been intrinsically linked to um, kind of activism and, and political movement going all the way back to Muhammad Ali and, um, you know, some of, you know, Nicky Winmar and, and other kind of athletes in Australia as well. Like, um, athletes always have a voice and, and quite often you'll see them use 
the platform in sport um, as an opportunity uh, to kind of shine light on what they're passionate about and what, what their beliefs are. Um, so, again, I mean, I think in terms of their marketability, um, you know, some brands like will obviously like that, will kind of buy into the sense of uh, authenticity um, and the fact that they're genuine and they stand for what they believe in. Whereas others, you know, to your point in the intro, might shy away from that and, and take a more conservative approach, um, you know, and, and kind of deviate and maybe, uh, yeah, be a little bit more, um, I guess, protective of their brand and how and who they associate it with. What, what, what are you hearing in the marketplace? Is there a, a, a brands balking at, at putting money into sports per se rather than athletes as individuals because they just don't know what they're going to get? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think again, we're kind of in an era of athlete empowerment um, at the moment. So, again, if you, you kind of look across world sport, there's a real trend in, in fan engagement now um, with people kind of starting to support athletes just as much as our teams. Um, again, it's quite Australia. We're very used to kind of having our team and, and, you know, regardless of whether a player transfers from one team or another, always going to stick six dollars to that team. What we're seeing in the US and in the UK, you know, Premier League football and, and Big Bash and NBA and NFL is fans, you know, basically just backing a player. And, and when that player may tra- get traded or change teams, they're, they're basically jumping teams. And the same thing can kind of be said in terms of how I think brands are kind of looking at their support or their, their kind of commercial sport, uh, commercial support in sport. Um, some will want to associate with an athlete um, and a player, um, and that's that's great for them, whereas others again, may want to, um, you know, buy into the vision of this team and the success of that team. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably been the greatest shift is that I don't think we're going to see brands jump off supporting teams. Um, you know, I don't think it's kind of doomsday for those for those big brands, but I definitely think we're going to see, um, you know, again, brands kind of taking uh, maybe a more fluid approach to how they invest in sport and, and you know, possibly divvying up some of their budget so that, they can kind of represent or they can be represented by some of the athletes that believe in the same values that they've got while at the same time getting the kind of exposure that, you know, the front of jersey of a Broncos or a Lions or, a you know, a Suns jersey can give you. All right, so this is the new normal. That This is what we're, we're transitioning out of following teams is into following and listening to athletes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think Australia is kind of unique just because we're a sporting culture and we've all been brought up, you know, with our favourite team and, um, and, and got our childhood heroes that we're always going to support. And again, it's kind of, you know, I like to use an example over in, in the US of, uh, you know, of Kevin Durant, who's an NBA player, um, you know, arguably one of the greatest players of all time, um, you know, but he, he kind of cops a lot of criticism because he kind of just chop, chops and changes teams depending on whether or not they think, you know, he thinks they can win or not. Um, and, you know, it's, we, we've kind of got, I saw Jack White overnight had some comments about, you know, possibly, you know, leaving the Raiders and, and going to another team you know, a kind of similar narrative, like the opportunity to win a comp, which obviously um, is going to frustrate a lot of Canberra fans. Um, but at the same time, again, whether we agree with it or not, athletes now have a voice. Um, and, you know, I think they, they you know, if it's, if it's in their character, if they want to win, they want to give the best possibility and the best opportunity to do that. Um, and again, some brands and some teams may support that. Others, you know, maybe not so much. Tristan, absolute pleasure to be picking your brains. Appreciate your time. Great to talk to you again. Tristan Hay, the Managing Director of THM Sport. He's been in Nick Curios's corner. Uh, he's worked with the NBA, the NRL. He's the man in the know. So is this a turnoff for you? A- athletes speaking their minds. You've just heard from the marketing guru. What about you as a fan? 131355. 13, 
Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, very good morning to you. Four minutes past ten. Mitch Robinson, not too far away to talk about the Lions' predicament. And I say predicament, they just seem to be on that win-loss, win-loss roll. I know we're only coming into round four, but still, worrying signs. Should Chris Fagan start to pull the trigger with some of his underperforming forwards? We'll get that from Rob. I will hear from Jonathan Brown very shortly, but let's head to the text line and the open line. This one's from Paul, who's in Brizzy. He says, Ben... To make it cheaper for families to get to Magic Round, why not include a food or drink voucher for the kids in the admission price? Paul, oh, that genius. Genius. You know what? That's something I'm going to put to the RL Commission's Kate Jones. We'll be talking to her before midday today because, as I said, Magic Round is being launched right now in Brisbane. It's a month away, but outside of your team that you'll go to watch at Magic Round, who else are you looking forward to watching? And why? Who would be your other favourite team? Is it because of a personality? Is it because of the way they play? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736. Actually, let's go to the open line now. Greg, good morning to you. Hello, Greg. You're on the radio. G'day. Hey, g'day, buddy. How you going? Very well. What's made you pick up the phone today? Yes, mate. I'm well, thanks. Mate, just in relation to the comments. Mate, yep. Just uh, the comments by the athletes. Oh, yes, go for it. Yeah, athletes, activist athletes. Yeah, there, is it a turn-off? Hello? Oh, hang on. Yeah, Greg, we've got you. We can hear you loud and clear. All right. right there, you, you there, buddy? There we go. Got the Bluetooth working? Okay, mate. Yeah, beautiful. Got you loud and clear. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> mate, just the comments by the athletes. I, I, I'm with you. I, I watch sport to escape the realities of life. Yeah. And I don't, mate, I don't mind the, the athletes making a comment about social social uh, issues. Not a problem. It's when they step over the line and start lecturing us about it that I, I tend to take a bit of um, issue with. Mm. And, and it, one, one, yeah. But that's the thing. We don't like to be lectured to, do we? We like to no, make. No, we like to hear what, differing opinions and then make our own mind yeah, up. Absolutely. And one, one of the prime examples was Dylan Alicott. The uh, the wheelchair tennis player, I think he's. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know what you call him nowadays. Wheel, wheelchair yeah. tennis player, anyway. But he he flew up on a private jet to accept his Australian of the Year award. Jump jump back on a private jet to drink champagne with his wife while he flew back down to the Open in Melbourne, and then wants to lecture us about our carbon footprints and global warming. Now that's that's what I take issue with. But if he just wants to make a comment on social media about something, that's fine. I've got no issue with that. The, the double standards, Greg, I reckon you may have nailed it. The, the double standards is what gets me. And, and a lot of people, a lot of commentary around this, and and, and you, you may be the same if you're listening to this, that Pat Cummins can have his say about climate change, but then your Range Rover, your business class, everything else that he drives, flies and does, it, it doesn't really compute to it, does it? Because if, you, no, if you're making a stance, make a stance. And draw yeah, a line it, through it. Exactly, exactly, mate. Don't, um, don't, don't make a stance for profile, and then go against everything. It's called virtue signalling, I think it's called. Greg, well done, mate. You are the clubhouse leader. A fifty-dollar voucher to the Sporting Globe could be coming your way midday. We'll be giving that away to the best caller, the best text of the day. Can you beat Greg? Do you agree with Greg? Or do you think it is a massive turnoff for athletes having their say on social issues? 
I mean, they're part of society. They they have an opinion. Or should they just stick to sport? As I mentioned last hour, in the media, I love them having an opinion. We want them to show their personality, their character. We don't want them to be robots. We want them to enhance the story. And I'm sure there's part of you who wants that too. But what is the bigger part of it? Is it you just want to watch sport as an escape and just escape the modern-day pressures of society? You don't want them talking politics or climate change or racism or equality because that's what you're watching sport to escape from, right? So what has the bigger weight for you? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. The Sporting Globe, they're at Logan Rabina. They are your home of AFL and NRL. All games are live and loud. Uh, speaking of AFL, the Lions, massive test this Thursday night. Easter Thursday, it is a sellout. I've got a double to give away as well uh, later this hour. But what should Chris Fagan do? with his team that is just up and down, hot and cold. When is the point of pulling the trigger? Does he need to pull the trigger? I'm just trying to think of Chris Fagan in the past. Has he has he dropped anyone on, on, on form? A, a, a big name, because that would send a message, wouldn't it? He probably hasn't had the luxury of doing that or maybe the need to do that. Very interesting comments last night. Jonathan Brown on the couch and what he thinks of Brisbane's stuttering forward line. We're looking at Danaher and Hipwood now, particularly. You know, we're trying to work out, is the mix going to be right? Have they got what they need here? And it's a debated question over the last 24, 48 hours, and it's, it's, an, it's a really interesting one. They've got two very similar types of players, and neither of them, it would seem, suited to what you need as a, from a big dog. Well, absolutely, Gaz. Three contested marks between Hipwood and Danaher for the year. It's in three games. That's a terrible return. Now, I think they're starting to see that McStay has been missed. He seemed to be the bullocking straight down the line type forward that was able to contest and compete. But I think any key forward needs to preside, be reliable and predictable to his teammates. And I'm not seeing reliable and predictable teammates in Hipwood and Danner at the moment. And that's a problem for the Brisbane Lions. They've got to sort it out. Are they a premiership duo? in the key post for Brisbane? No, they're not. Not at the moment. Clearly they're not. Can they get there? Uh, I've got my doubts. I've got serious doubts. So what would you do? Uh, well, you need to pursue, you need to support them more with McInerney. I think McInerney's the guy that can take the mark and make the contest down the line. I'd be willing to persist with that uh, at the moment, the way it is with Hipwood, Danaher and McInerney a bit more forward and obviously Gunston flying around. But Gunston shouldn't be in the team as the big key position no, forward no. like he's having to be at times. Jonathan Brown, speaking a, a lot of sense, I think. Oscar McInerney, yeah, he's the big bloke to be crashing packs down there because Danaher and Hipwood aren't three contested marks between them in three games. Geez, that's telling, isn't it? But is that more their issue or is it the midfield issue? I spoke to Dane Zorko Saturday after they returned home from Melbourne after being down by the dogs, and he said, well, hang on, not the forwards' fault. We, we've got to be giving them the ball. But then you've got a star-studded midfield. So do they need to lift their game? Lions fans, how do you see it? Up the work rate? Get Oscar McInerney down there, which means you're playing Darcy Ford as well. Is that the combination? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. How do you see it? What needs to change? Oscar McInerney, geez, he makes a good point, Brownie. I reckon Oscar McInerney is the most underrated line running around. Actually, speaking of underrated athletes, over the weekend... 
I was fortunate enough to host the Queensland Cricket Awards. Saturday night, gala affair, City Hall, outstanding stuff. Michael Nisa swept the field in everything. He won the Heats MVP. He won the Bulls One Day Player of the Year, the Bulls Shield Player of the Year. This is on the back of Cricket Australia's Shield Player of the Year. And he won the Ian Healy Trophy for the best Queensland player overall. That was the fourth time he'd won the Ian Healy Trophy. Michael Nisa would have to be the most underrated cricketer in this country. Yeah? If not, who is? 13, 13, 55. And while we're talking underrated athletes, underrated sportsmen and women, let's broaden it out, not just in cricket. Who's the most underrated player in the sport that you follow? Who's the most underrated Bronco? Who do you reckon? A team full of, well, they've got some superstars, haven't they? Payne Haas is leading the Dally M. He, he is in he is in career best form. Reese Walsh setting the world on fire. Herbie Farnworth's been picked up by the Redcliffe. So who's the most underrated Bronco? I reckon Oscar McInerney's the most underrated Lion. Michael Nisa, the country's most underrated cricketer. Must go to England for the Ashes. Must. But who else is underrated as an athlete? Any team. Any code, any sport. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. $50 Sporting Globe voucher up for grabs for the caller of the day. Uh, Adam's gone. He said, move Danaher to a roving Ruckman. Very mobile. And move Big Oscar or Darcy Fort into the forward line. Adam putting his coach's cap on for the lines. It's something we'll be touching on with Robbo very shortly. Uh, Oscar, you boomers need to settle down. Hang on. Boomer. Steady on. Mum and dad are boomers. <laughs> I'm not a boomer. I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that old. In an age where our political leaders have never been more distrusted, I think it's important for publicly respected figures like Pat Cummins to be the voice of morality. Oscar, another big O, drop Mike walking away. Has Oscar got a point? And this is actually something that I've raised with my kids because I always try and test it out at home. Before I come on air, I get the acid test from Beck and the kids. My wife, who's a sports lover, and my kids who follow it as well. But they're the next generation. And this is something that, whilst I'm not a boomer, I may not get. Do you want Pat Cummins? Do you want Patty Mills? Do you want Steve Smith? Do you want Nico Hydes? Do you want Lockie Neal? Whoever it may be. Patrick Dangerfield. Nick Kyrgios, I'm throwing them out there, aren't I? Do you want them talking up on social issues? Are they that respected? I mean, they're talented at sport. Does it mean they're talented in the rest of our goings-on in society and how we live? I mean, there's one argument to say that they're not even in touch with reality as far as society, and that's not their fault. It's just because of the pay packets that they're on and the life that they lead. It is so different to ours. They can't comprehend how you and I live day to day, week to week. And we all do it. Are they looking over their shoulder at what the Reserve Bank does in the next few hours? So do they have the right to talk about social issues when they live in a very different society to us? One that there's no relatability. Or 
because of the platform they have and the talent they have and the sport that they play and the fact that we don't have a social elite in this country. The class system really isn't there. We have no royal family. The fact that we don't have a oh, Hollywood, so they are A-listers and they are put on a platform, rightly or wrongly, but that platform exists. They have it. They amplify their thoughts. Has Oscar got a point? Do we need to start listening to more of the athletes and those who we trust? Brands trust them. 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Yeah, we're going deep on a Tuesday, but that's what we like. Critical thinking here on SCNQ. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. 21 past 10, Mitch Robinson standing by, but let's head straight to the open line. Damien's out at Zilmia. Damien, morning. Morning, Ben. How you going, mate? Very well. What's on your mind? Oh, yes. Well, I think if someone's got a platform, why not use it? Why should it just be for mainstream media? I mean, those days are well and truly gone. So, yeah, people people with, whether it's 500,000 or, you know, 30 million followers, they're going to use that platform. And whether you like it or not, that's, that's just how things are now. The, the media landscape has changed. There's so many different voices. and Yeah, very true. You know. Um, <clears throat> but just because any, you can, does that mean you should? Oh, well, <laughs> it's up to them, isn't it? It's not for <laughs> us to really judge. No, but and, I mean, and, and, what, what no, you're right. What people want Pat Cummins <clears throat> to, go to, to go to India by, um, by you know, electric boat or sailboat, I mean, come on, just just because someone stands up for something and highlights an issue doesn't mean they're virtue signalling. I mean, that's just a catchphrase thrown about by old boomers like that previous caller with his indicator beeping all the time. <laughs> anyway. No name I calling, think... Damien. No name calling. Come on. Come on. A very, so very, very quickly, very quickly, you're saying it's not a turn-off. Athletes having oh, their say not. speaking no, up. I love it. I love it. It's look, it creates controversy as well. Look, we're talking about it now. So look, Pat Cummins isn't just a cricketer. He's a he's a he's a father. He's a husband. He's a son. You know, he's lots of things. For us to just say, oh, he's a cricketer. He can't. He can only talk about cricket. Is rubbish. I mean, did John Howard only talk about politics? I mean, he had the prime minister's eleven. You know, he was <laughs> True. One's an elected official, though. They, they they they're they're in the grand final yeah. for the highest post in this country, but one is an elected I official. Mean, look at, Look at ScoMo at the Sharks games. I mean, is is he is he allowed to do that? I mean, yeah, it goes both ways. Damo, thank you for the call. Um, I reckon he's the clubhouse leader right now as far as the $50 Sporting Globe voucher at Logan and Rabina, your home of AFL and NRL. Go Lions, hashtag 2023 Grand Finals. Woo! Yeah, that time of the week where it's now renamed the Davo and Robbo show. Was it the yeah. Robbo and Davo show? I can't remember, Mitch. It just depends who's the bigger name. So I'll probably say it'd be the Davo Robbo. that starts it off and then Robbo comes in, just slides in the back. Biggest question of the week, and it comes down to what happened over the weekend. Morningside and Wilston Grange, you were making oh, your oh, debut oh, oh, oh. for the Panthers and you got home after the siren. Yes, I was actually pretty nervous going to this game because, I, I don't know, when you come to like a lower league, there's so much expectation on you to play like, a, like an AFL player. So I haven't played AFL obviously since September last year. 
went up to Darwin, played up there, played pretty well, but um, getting pagged a fair bit. And then before the bounce even started, I was getting whacked into, and the bloke actually told me that, oh, remember seeing me out in the valley one night? I told you I was going to tag you. And I was like, oh, my God, I must have been drunk because I did not remember that. <laughs> so, yes, it was um, a very physical game. Um, I was getting hit from behind and the back, pushed, tanked, tackled, all the above, and um, played pretty well in the end. Um, and then we got the W on the siren, which which made for a good vlog content, so I was happy with the boys for that. All right, then. Um, one of the other games you were involved in winning after the siren was Zach Bailey against Collingwood, and that uh, rivalry reignites this Thursday night, Easter oh, Thursday. Oh, it does. Yeah, that's the only other game I've been involved in, big Zach Bailey. I was involved in that play, gave it to Richie, the best kick in the comp, and then he hit up Bales and he put it through in celebrations. It actually kicks out of the season, to be honest. I think it was last year before. Um, but, yeah, it's a very, very big game tomorrow night for the Brisbane Lions, or Wednesday night. Thursday night it is. Uh, it is sold out. We do have tickets to give away a double pass, 13-13-55. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on AFL. And, Robbo, before I ask you, I'm, I'm going to put it to those listening. Chris Fagan, does he need to start making some tough calls when it comes to coaching and the big names. I'm talking about Danaher. I'm talking about Eric Hipwood because between them, as we heard from Jonathan Brown, three contested marks all season. Robbo, your thoughts. Yeah. I think the next step in his um, development as a head coach is definitely putting them on notice. At least um, we don't know what's going on inside the four walls in terms of the conversations that are happening, or that they're having around all the media, because you see a lot of it, in the media at the moment, especially in Brisbane, not just, you know, we kind of get um, shunned away from what's happening down in Victoria, but it's actually a massive talking point where everyone was building up the lines, including myself, to be a grand finalist or thereabout this year and the start of the season one and uh, two, and the two losses themselves have, haven't been, you know, great. Um, Port Adelaide and then Bulldogs last week when uh, you'd think that the, the Lions would have got the win. So, yeah, with, with players, and I know it's been the forward line they've been talking about a lot, um, and everyone can say, you know, the midfielders haven't been given civil service, but the contested mark thing is is usually on the, on the player themselves, not just the kick that's coming in. So uh, hopefully he's put a few of them on notice. I know that um, they are tough decisions to make. Um, do they have anyone else come in from the VFL to play those roles? I think they do, but... Um, I, know, I know for a fact, and talking from experience, when, when, you, when you feel like you're playing for your career and it depends on it, uh, you see a shift in attitude and whether it be forward line pressure, chasing, tackling, all the things that aren't sexy, th those are the things that I think the Lions really need to pick up in. Um, and hopefully, if not tomorrow night, then I, if I don't get it done tomorrow night, I'm not sure what they're, what they're going to look at. But yeah, I think maybe some VFL time or along those lines would be for some of the boys. Well, I mean, that's human nature, isn't it? You get put on notice, you hopefully have that uh, intensity lift and performance lift. Who are some of the VFL players that, that could or should come in? Yeah, we've got Tom Fullerton in there. He's a, he's a tall forward. He's also a relieving ruckman. I know they, they've been playing two rucks of late. I think Darcy Fort might have got subbed off last week for, for Dylan Robertson, who came in. Um, I'm not sure that the double ruck is the way to go. I know they had to use it against Melbourne Demons because of Gorney and, and Grundy, uh, and they won that game, so... Yeah, we've got Kyle Lohman as well, who's in there. I know Jackson Pryor played really well in the in the half that he had. He had eight touches and two goals. But, yeah, Kyle Lohman is one of those players, that I think, who can come in and really rejuvenate that group. He he, he debuted last year and played some good footy, then, then hurt his ankle pretty bad, then struggled to get back in the team. But I think they just need to bring some, um, you know, firepower in terms of attitude. Like, they'll just come in there and get a job done because 
it's not just the big guards, the small guys have got to provide some, um, you know, mm. forward line pressure and tackle and, and you know, that grunt that, they, that we've been showing for the last couple of years, that, you know, get the ball on the forward line and we lock it in there. It doesn't come out as easy as it does. So that's uh, definitely what they'll be looking at. And when, Robbo? I mean, it's only three games. Do we just have yeah. to put it in perspective and go, hang on, let's just take a breath. It is only, well, we're about to come into round four. When does this end become imperative that a change happens? Well, I'd say within the next two weeks, they've got obviously a big game Thursday night against uh, Collingwood. Easter Thursday, it's sold out, as you mentioned. It's probably going to be the most watched game for a while. Um, I'd say if, if, if it goes the same way on Thursday night, then there has to be some conversations around that um, and looking at some new forward line structures. And I know, I know it's, a, it's a tough one, but it's the way that it's looking. But the good thing for the Lions, if they do lose next we- uh, this weekend, they've got three very winnable games in North, uh, Giants and Frio. Unfortunately, they're all away. Um, the North games are the Adelaide, uh, in Adelaide Oval, or Adelaide Area Hills, I think it says. The which is the, for the gather round, and then they've got Giants and Frio. So they're, they're all three winnable games, so they can even up the, the win-loss ratio there with those. But um, I, th- I think soon, if it, if it keeps going the way it's going. 13 13 55 0467 736 736 Lions fans, when should Chris Fagan pull the trigger? Does he need to pull the trigger to put a rocket, send a notice, put his forwards, put his team on notice? Robert, you mentioned Ruckman and Darcy Fort with Oscar McEnig. I reckon the big O is the Lions' most underrated player. Oh, 100%. He, he, playing with him, he's the most selfless player as well, I, I, it's hard to grow taller around him because he's seven foot <laughs> bloody tall, but he, he does all the stuff that's, that players don't enjoy doing. He, he gets bashed up every game in ruck contests, puts his body on the line, um, and he follows up and chases like the big men can't do, but he actually does that. So he, he's actually, I'd say this, he's probably the heart and soul of that, of that club. Um, and he's in the leisure group now, which is really good because he's always been a very quiet, um, passive bloke, and he's very... Um, apologetic and everything he does which is uh, I think it's a flaw but it's actually pretty funny the way he goes about it like if if he doesn't do something on the field he'll apologize for it that's not even his fault um, but he, uh, he's one, he's been one of the best pickups for the Lions in a long long time in terms of Ruckman that we you know we had Steph Martin who was on the way out and they brought him in and he, he just hasn't played a bad game to today. On the flip side, Collingwood coming with zero Ruckman. Uh, it looks like Dan McStay could be used. And you played in that game, what was it, the Richmond final at the Gabba where the big O was sort of knocked out after, I think, five minutes. And Dan <laughs> yeah. McStay came in and, and held his own in the Ruck. Can, can you see DMAC being Collingwood's Ruckman this weekend? And could that be where the game is won and lost? Yeah, they've been hit with a few injuries, Collingwood, um, and they still seem to perform that last quarter um, on the weekend versus Richmond with De- with Dan McStay in the ruck. Big O is a big guy. I know that he's probably going to win 95% of these contests, but it's it's the follow-up work that Macca provides in terms of being able to get around the ground and and he's kind of a he's kind of an awkward height, but he can still play like a, a medium medium type player as well with the way that he's a, he's agile and he can pick up the ball and still chase and tackle. So. I don't see him winning too many contests in the ruck against um, against Big O, but um, it's just, his follow-up's going to be the one that's going to have to provide some more spark. But in saying that, D-Mac's best game for the Lions last year was was that final, um, and that's probably what got him the huge contract down at the Pies. All right, we're going to get you to stand by because Vanessa is here with a, a news hit, but I want you to have a think about this, Robbo, just while we take a quick break. I want you to think about the Lions premiership teams, 01, 02, 03, because 
this Thursday night, that match against Collingwood, they'll be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the 2003 grand final against Collingwood. I, I want you to rank the grand final wins, the three-peat, in order of most important or most impressive uh, to least. So I'll give you some thinking music. It's called The News with Vanessa. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. We'll be giving away Lions Collingwood tickets this hour. Just want to hear your opinion on the game, on what Chris Fagan should do on the Lions and where they sit right now. Do they need to start pulling the trigger as far as underperforming goes? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Mitch Robinson, my guest, as he is every Tuesday. Robbo, before I get you to rank those premiership wins for us, we've got to travel down the M1 because we cannot go any further without mentioning the Suns, their first win of the year, and what a scalp they've taken down the premiers. It definitely was. I was, I was watching that game uh, on the TV on the Sunday, and it was amazing to see the performance from the Gold Coast. They played like... What I, what I thought they could this year, I, I had them as a, the riser in, on the ladder. I thought that would be thereabouts playing finals. So this is a great stepping stone for them. Um, Lacocious, what a absolute beast. A lot of... Yeah, like, five goals too. Oh, a lot of negativity has been put on him in the, in the opening few rounds. And he came out and just had an absolute blinder and kicked one from 73 metres. I think he showed on the TV that how far <laughs> went from the centre square through the through the sticks. So shoot from him. And also, yeah, you got you, you got Lockie Weller, Tazzy product, who's... Coming back from ACL, had 29 touches, and it was just the way that they played. Like they had a lot of vigor and the, the angst, and the way they tackled and pressured was was really good to see from Gold Coast. I'm not a not a big lover of them because obviously we had the big rivalry up here with Lions and them. Mm. But I've been I've been enjoying seeing them. Um, get a big win over Geelong, who pumped us in the prelim last year. Yeah, 73 to 54, the Suns beat Geelong. So, Robbo, is, is it more the Suns playing extremely well, or the Premier's just on a slide? Oh, and three, the first time since 1976 that the Premier have gone 0 and three. Yeah, they've been questioned a fair bit, and 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 rightly so. When you win the Premiership by such convincing way, uh, their finals campaign was the best I've seen in a long time uh, last year, and. To start the season three and zero um, isn't what they would have expected, and I know they've lost their lead leader in Joel Selwood, but you know they've they've also put the captaincy on Dangerfield, who's a pretty handy player himself. But yeah, they just looked a bit different uh, the way they're they're playing their footy. I don't really can't put a finger on it, but just you just they don't seem like they have the hunger that they did last year when we played against them um, a couple of times. So. I'm not sure what, what's happening down there in the GMHBA um, in a circle, but. Um, you you think they'd still win a lot of games this year and be there about the finals? You just you just I just don't know at the moment. Right off the cats at your own peril, says Robo. Right, let's rank these premierships: o one, o two, o three. Let's have a look. O one against Essendon, the margin twenty six points. Uh, the second premiership was against Collingwood in o two, margin nine points. Close game, and then. 03, it was an absolute wipeout. I'm pretty sure the Lions won by about 50, I think, that time. So two against Collingwood, one against Essendon. Robbo, in your mind, which was the best? Oh, that's pretty hard. I think it's up between 2001 and 2002. 2001, they beat Essendon in the grand final, and it all started from that round 10 with a, with a great quote from Lee Matthews of the old, if they bleed, you can kill them. I think that was it. Yeah. Um, and that really kick-started their season. I think they won... They didn't lose the game after round 10 and they absolutely dominated. But they're in a similar position uh, to the Lions at the moment. Started um, If they lose against Collingwood on Thursday, they would have uh, had the same win-loss record. And yeah, one and there's four. never say never. Oh, Justin Bieber, never say never. Yeah, so <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I'd say 2001 was the best. Uh, 2002, I'd have to say, was second uh, with five losses in a great game against the, um, Collingwood and the Granny. I remember when Burns hit Voss and then Voss came back at him mm. um, with that with that angry look on his face. And then, yeah, I think 2003. <laughs> it's a three-peat, so it's close to being number one. But, yeah, it's... it's, it's that was the that one was that a a Nigel Lappin played him with the busted ribs too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's so right. that's probably his most uh, courageous game of his career, but... Yeah, I think 2001 was the best, and then 2002 was second. All right, one, two, and three in that order. 2001, 2002, 2003. Do you agree with Robert? Is that the order you would put them in? 13, 13, 55. In fact, that's how we'll give away the tickets. This And don't forget, yeah. I play for the Brisbane Lions, so we get reminded of the glory days all the time. So when I speak to the ex-players <laughs> and all the fans and stuff, they always talk about the grand finals and, why can't you guys get back there? And Well, it's not like we weren't trying fans, like we were trying to get there. It just doesn't happen that easy. Three peats are one of the hardest things in history, so... Do you agree? And make four in a row is well, pretty hard. Exactly. Four grand finals in a row. That's the thing, losing <laughs> yeah. to uh, losing to Port. Uh, Alistair Lynch still serving that million gamers suspension <laughs> too after. And didn't land a punch. <laughs> didn't land a punch. 13-13-55. Um, do you agree with Robbo? Is that the order you would rank the grand finals in? Two tickets to give away to the Lions and Collingwood this Thursday night, Easter Thursday. Robbo, I'm going to let you go on this one. It's a text message from Razor. He said, no, what's, oh, Razor, how are you, mate? Mitch declared on Brecky Radio this uh, his morning, sorry, that Morningside would lose and he would get 40 touches and kick eight. Panthers <laughs> won. He only kicked one and didn't get in the best. It cost me my tipping. Please explain. Oh. Well, I'll actually show you the text messages from my coach. Um, <laughs> he said, we might have stitched you up in the, a bit on the best players, mate. Great game. I said, yeah, the old man showed me. I uh, just need to get 40 and a goal in the next game. He goes, we spoke about trying to hide you. And I said, oh, I don't think there's any hiding. Going to cop tags most week. I'm a big boy. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll put it on the coach, Paul League. And if he's listening, which I doubt he is, uh, that's on him, not me. So sorry, Razor. appreciate your support. But um, yeah, I was probably best on. Chat. <laughs> 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 Probably best on. We'll leave it at that. Best to leave it right there. Uh... 13.55, 04.67, There is only one Mitch Robinson. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, seven away from news. It's been a big build-up and it's worth the wait. You better believe it. We are talking to ARL Commissioner Kate Jones, flying the Queensland flag, well, as far as the ARL Commission is concerned, but also launching Magic Round. She's fresh from Caxton Street doing that. Uh, Kate, good morning to you. Good morning, Ben. How are you? I'm more the better for talking to you. Magic Round. Tell us about the impact it has on this city and on the southeast for us. Oh, well, it's huge. And each and every year it's getting bigger. You'll remember, Ben, that when we first launched it, um, now we're in our fourth year, we've had COVID to combat with. Now we have, really excitingly, a fourth Queensland team. So already we've sold 100,000 tickets. And, you know, last year we saw around 30,000 um, footy fans travel from interstate. So it's huge. It's millions of dollars injected into the city. But also, who loves watching all of our favourite teams play one amazing weekend? Well, I know you're Broncos through and through. Who else are you looking forward to? <laughs> Who else are you looking forward to watch? And can I say that? I know you're on the commission. I know you're not supposed to have any allegiances. Oh, and... no, you've got to 
team. You yeah. can't be a sellout. You've got to stick with your team. So, look, look. Um, then we're going to have a fantastic day on Saturday because the Dolphins are going to play at the Sharks. <laughs> and what's really stunning about the lineup? I know. I want to say, I hope you get that. So, of course, as you said, we've got the Broncos v Manly on Friday night. We've got the Dolphins playing the Sharks on Saturday. And then on, with, um, on Sunday, we're also going to have the Titans closing out the game. Um, versus the Eels and also the Cowboys. So from a Queensland fans' perspective, you can come and spend all three days and see four of our teams play this year. So really, we're going to have, out of the eight games on, four are going to be versus Queensland teams. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be cheering all the Queensland teams on. Yeah, no, very good. Very straight bat too. Good one, good one. Hey, Paul, Paul has texted in. He said, to make it a bit cheaper for families to get the Magic Round, why not include a food or drink voucher for the kids in the price of admission? There we go. Take that one yeah, on board. Yeah, that's actually... A, yeah, I will take it on board because it is school holidays and I know it is expensive keeping them entertained. So, look, we really do try to keep the prices as you know affordable as we can and, you know, a family ticket, you know, is um, for a day is $139 and for an individual is 50 and that's for, you know, up to three games of footy. So, it is... Uh, I like that idea, though, about the food voucher. Um, mm. You know, you do always feel like an ATM when you take the kids to Suncorp, don't you? No offence, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suncorp, the Gabba, anywhere else as well. Hey, look, the, the Knights miss out. We have a 17-team competition, so someone has a bye every weekend, and, mm. the, and the Knights miss out this time round. And last week I was talking expansion and, and relocation. I want to get your thoughts on this because I, I think mm. it may have been you, if I'm, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it may have been you who actually flagged a Pacifica team to the commission. Is, is that is that right? Yeah, well, as um, uh, the chairman has, Peter Volandis has said today, we, you know, we, he doesn't want us to sit still. He wants to continue to grow the game and grow pathways for our players to develop and come through to the elite level. And certainly, you know, we've been in discussions with a number of um, partners, including the Australian government, you know, the uh, the Cairns community. You know, there is a real hunger there to see a Pacifica team um, given the strength of the talent that we have there and the, and the relationship we have um, with the Pacifica Nations in regards to growing rugby league. So, yeah, there certainly are discussions underway about, you know, we've, had a, we've got 17 teams now. We absolutely want to get to 18 teams. And, you know, as we've seen, that will inject, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars into our broadcast rights. So there's, mm. there's a lot of momentum, but, you know, we're obviously going to take our time and get that decision right, just like we did with the Dolphins. And, you know, we've seen that, the addition of a 17th team this year is already delivering huge dividends for the game. Well, I'm okay with the Pacifica team, and, and I think, yeah, beat based them on the East what Coast. Think, what do you think about being Cairns-based, Ben? What do you think about that? Look, I'm okay to have them based on the East Coast somewhere, but share it around. Also have them in New Zealand, and a couple of games you'd have to think would be probably Fiji once the infrastructure's there. So they can float like the like the dolphins mm. float between Suncorp and 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 Redcliffe and even the sunny coast. I know this is Trans Tasman and in the Pacific, but I, I don't mind them floating. But here's my other thing, Kate. Here's my other thing. You've got mm. too many teams in Sydney. You got to relocate one to <laughs> Perth. <laughs> you, you sound like Bruce Hatcher. No, well, <laughs> yeah, look up. You got to relocate one to Perth because think of the broadcast rights and deals you can do then. Think of the money there having a game in New Zealand on the east coast of Australia and then rolling into the west coast of Australia. Broadcasters would love that. And I think that's what, you know, we're being we're very focused on is you're absolutely right. All the points that you've made are really valid. And I think, you know, the point about how the Dolphins have been structured this year with games at Redcliffe and at Suncorp is has proven that that's working well. So, you know, nothing's off the table from our point of view. What we want is another team that is sustainable, that, you know, 
inject some more funding into the game so we can reinvest in pathways and grow our game. So, you know, there's huge potential. And as you say, Perth is also, uh, you know, uh, dying <laughs> for a team there. So, you know, our, our focus as a commission is always to put the long-term sustainability of the game first and we'll, we'll take that approach into any new decisions about expansion. Right, so Perth on the table. I'm writing that down. That's very good. How do you fly the Queensland flag, Kate, in these ARLC commission meet, ARLC meetings? Do, do you stand up for yeah, well, this side of the border? Or? Oh, absolutely. And I think one thing that is great about being in the commission is that, you know, there's no no one's pretending that they're not who they're from or where they're from, you know. Like, as you said, I'm, you know, I love, you know, I'm very excited about the Dolphins and so happy for the success. But yeah. I'm a Brisbane Broncos fan, born and bred. So you can't change your spots. All right, Kate, thank you. Appreciate your time. I know it's valuable. You've launched Magic Rounds and you've given us some very, very tasty food for thought when it comes to expansion. We'll chat again soon. I'll say we'll we'll do more to talk about in the future, Ben. Take care. Very good. Kate Jones, ARL Commissioner, flying the Queensland flag. Perth on the table. Pacifica team based in Cairns. Thoughts? 13-13-55. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, four minutes past 11. Teams Tuesday. Thanks for your company. Uh, there are a few injury issues. So we are hearing at Red Hill and the Broncos. Take you there very, very shortly. Just want to hit a few of these texts up first. Adam has said, Ben, asking to pick between the Lions premierships is like picking your favourite child. We love them all equally. Some of my favourite family memories was being at the G for each game, witnessing history of the greatest era in AFL. The three-peat, four grand finals in a row. Is that a to something? The greatest era of AFL. If you live on this side of the border and you barrack for the Lions, well, of course it is. They've got a stern test against Collingwood this Thursday night, Easter Thursday. It's tradition. I will take you around the grounds, as I said, Red Hill, in just a moment also to the Lions to see how they've been training. The questions have been raised in the last hour by Mitch Robinson. When does Chris Fagan pull the trigger on an underperforming forward line? Does he need to? Does he need to give them a hurry up? Surely, if they lose this week, that has to come. Because it's something he has not done, Chris Fagan. He really hasn't dropped any big-name players. Maybe he hasn't had to, but he always seems to drop the wingers, so that the young kids, your Dev Robinsons or your Jackson Pryor, or your Mitch Robinsons, uh, along the way. 13 13 uh, We'll be talking Wallabies team and to the newest Queensland Red Wallaby this hour, but let's head straight now to Red Hill where my colleague at Channel 7, Mitch Crone, has been at Broncos training. Mitch, good morning to you. A few injury concerns? Yeah, morning, Ben. Some minor concerns for their top Tiger tamers from the weekend. Jordan Ricky and Pat Carrigan kept on light duties today. Uh, Ricky, hip adductor, a knock there. Um, Pat Carrigan, bit of a quad issue there. They've been told by the club, it's the, yeah, the concerns are minor. They'll be named this afternoon to play. Uh, they're expected to play. So, you know, it's just about managing the loads of those guys, um, especially when you're coming up against a forward pack like the Raiders. 
you need to get them in best condition because that's where the battle's going to be. Oh, right ex- in the middle. Yeah, exactly right. The, the, the Raiders, too, in, in a world of hurt after getting uh, pumped by the, the, the Premiers. What 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 has the, the, the vibe, the mood been? I mean, 5-0 and oh at Red Hill. It, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it in your lifetime, Mitch, but um, 1998 was the last time that that happened, and the Broncos won a Premiership that year. Oh, I probably was just starting to learn how to talk at that time. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's just an atmosphere, like the atmosphere, oh, if I can talk. Um, yeah, it's really positive. They're on, you wouldn't say cloud nine. They're obviously very happy with where they're at, but they're also, there's just being like a, a real effort to make sure they're not getting too far ahead of themselves. You know, we are only a couple rounds in now. Yes, it is nice. It's a good streak to have, but, you know, they'll admit the Broncos, they got ahead of themselves last year as well and and look at where that ended. So, you know, they've taken those lessons out. They're positive. They're loving it. They're thriving off it. But certainly there's so much work to be done and that's how they're treating it. A big key to them this year, Mitch, has been their depth and Jesse Arthurs is the uh, pinnacle of that. He's stepped up when Corey Oates has been unavailable, even when Selwyn Cobbo and uh, and moved to fullback because of Reese Walsh not being available. So Jesse Arthurs has re-signed. He's going to be at the club until 2026. Those players, the next step up or down, which everybody look at it, they've been so important to the Broncos' depth, haven't they? Yeah, and he's been super solid for them. I've always rated Jesse Arthurs as a player, and he did speak to media a short time ago, and he summed it up well. You know, he hadn't been given a lot of chances or a lot of experience with the clubs he'd been at, um, you know, Titans, Broncos had that loan at the Warriors and that's what he really sort of pointed to is the the reason why he's sort of come in seamlessly and filled what are some mighty big shoes of well, Corey Oates. They're almost clown shoes with the size of, of those flippers. But, um, you know, super solid in there and rewarded a three year extension, you know, that ties him up for the next couple of years, 2026. You also got to think life after Corey Oates, you know, I think we forget he's still only 28, but He's not going to be around forever. And Arthur's has shown he is a solid replacement. No like for like, but he's fit in seamlessly. And I've really, and I'd say everyone's really liked what they've seen from him. And that combination with Ezra Mam and Reese Walsh running up the back on that left edge has just been superb. It's so threatening and so dangerous. So, yeah, no, very happy for Arthur's to get that extension. A good move from the club too. Mitch, thank you for the update. We'll catch your story, your report tonight, 7 News at 6. Mitch Crone down at Red Hill. He mentioned Jordan Rickey having a, a knock to the hip, a cork. Jordan Rickey, for me, is the Broncos' most underrated player. And I mentioned that last hour about underrated athletes. Michael Nisa is the country's most underrated cricketer. Oscar McInerney, the most underrated line. For me, as far as the Broncos are concerned, Jordan Rickey is their most underrated player. Think about the the shoes he's had to come in and fill. David Fafidis. Fafidis goes, Rickey stands up. Who's playing the better footy right now? Jordan Rickey, hands down, surely. I reckon he's on about half the payback of David Fafidis. And that's just comparing him to one player. But he has been so solid for Brisbane. You saw that opening try. He scored against the Tigers on the weekend. He is their underrated, most underrated player, isn't he? Or if not, who is? And let's broaden it across sports, across codes, across teams. The most underrated players in sport. 
13 13 55 0467 736 736. As I've been saying all morning, a $50 voucher to the Sporting Globe, Logan and Rubina. They are your home of ARL and, uh, NRL and AFL. You can uh, catch all the games there live and loud. 13 13 55. All right, let's go through some of these texts. Uh, this one says, Ben, in the world of social media, Everyone in society is an expert and has the ability to voice their opinion. It wasn't like that in times gone by. This is simply extended to sporting players having access to media to voice their opinion. I feel sporting stars probably have too much of a say on things that they aren't necessarily an expert in. But this is the times in which we live. Signed A. Thank you. Look, we are talking this morning about activist athletes sports stars having their say on social issues. Is that a turnoff? It's something that I spoke to Tristan Hay about a little bit earlier. Now he is the general manager of THM sports marketing. He's a marketing guru. And the idea behind this is, well, we've spoken at length about Pat Cummins, Linter Energy and cricket, but are bigger brands now sponsors balking at putting their money into, say, naming rights of a cricket team or a footy team, whatever it may be, because of outspoken athletes. Is this now the world in which we live? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think again, we're kind of in an era of athlete empowerment um, at the moment. So, again, if you, you kind of look across world sport, there's a real trend in, in fan engagement now um, with people kind of starting to support athletes just as much as our teams. Um, again, it's quite... Australia, we're very used to kind of having our team and, and, you know, regardless of whether a player transfers from one team or another, we're always going to stick six dollars to that team. What we're seeing in the US and in the UK, you know, Premier League football and, and Big Bash and NBA and NFL is fans, you know, basically just backing a player and, and when that player may tra- get traded or change teams, they're, they're basically jumping teams. And the same thing can kind of be said in terms of how I think brands are kind of looking at their support or their, their kind of commercial sport, uh, commercial support in sport. Um, some will want to associate with an athlete um, and a player, um, and that's that's great for them. Whereas others, again, may want to um, you know buy into the vision of this team and the success of that team. Here we go, Tristan Hay, sports marketing guru, THM is his company. He's the managing director of it. He's been dealing with the likes of Nick Kyrgios, uh, the NRL, the NBA. Uh, he has been across so many sports, and that is his take on the world in which we live now, twenty twenty three. I know there's been a few texts through saying boomers wake up. Not in that era yet, but actually, no, I wouldn't be in that era. Not a baby boomer. Born in 74. Come on. Uh, but Darren says, Ben, absolutely sports stars should make social commentary on whatever they like, as should you and I. There's no problem using a platform created by their gift of hard work and a combination of both. Give the punters a bit of credit. If they don't like what is said, there's no compulsion to agree but they will talk about it and make up their own mind. Darren, speaking a lot of sense on the text line. Uh, this one from Muzz, he says, Ben, to the vocal sportsman, know your subject. Have no skeletons. Think about it and sleep on it before you go public. Be aware the media usually fish where they get a bite. And if you do, don't stress because it'll be fish and chip paper in a week. There we go. 13 13 736. Opinions on both sides of the divide. Where do you sit? Stand.
let me know. 13, 13, 55. We have a Sporting Globe $50 voucher. If you go there for dinner, drinks are on us. Pretty simple. We'll give that away before midday today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, four minutes past 11. Teams Tuesday. Thanks for your company. Uh, there are a few injury issues. So we are hearing at Red Hill and the Broncos. Take you there very, very shortly. Just want to hit a few of these texts up first. Adam has said, Ben, asking to pick between the Lions premierships is like picking your favourite child. We love them all equally. Some of my favourite family memories was being at the G for each game, witnessing history of the greatest era in AFL. The three-peat, four grand finals in a row. Is Adam onto something? The greatest era of AFL. If you live on this side of the border and you barrack for the Lions, well, of course it is. They've got a stern test against Collingwood this Thursday night, Easter Thursday. It's tradition. I will take you around the grounds, as I said, Red Hill, in just a moment also to the Lions to see how they've been training. The questions have been raised in the last hour by Mitch Robinson. When does Chris Fagan pull the trigger on an underperforming forward line? Does he need to? Does he need to give them a hurry up? Surely, if they lose this week, that has to come. Because it's something he has not done, Chris Fagan. He really hasn't dropped any big-name players. Maybe he hasn't had to. But he always seems to drop the wingers, so that the young kids, your Dev Robinsons or your Jackson Pryor or your Mitch Robinsons, uh, along the way. 13 13 55 736 uh, We'll be talking Wallabies team and to the newest Queensland Red Wallaby this hour. But let's head straight now to Red Hill where my colleague at Channel 7, Mitch Crone, has been at Broncos training. Mitch, good morning to you. A few injury concerns? Yeah, morning, Ben. Some minor concerns for their top Tiger tamers from the weekend. Jordan Ricky and Pat Carrigan kept on light duties today. Uh, Ricky, hip adductor, a knock there. Um, Pat Carrigan, bit of a quad issue there. They've been told by the club, it's the, yeah, the concerns are minor. They'll be named this afternoon to play. Uh, they're expected to play. So, you know, it's just about managing the loads of those guys, um, especially when you're coming up against a forward pack like the Raiders. You need to get them in best condition because that's where the battle's going to be. Right oh, ex- in the middle. Yeah, exactly right. The, the, the Raiders, too, in a world of hurt after getting uh, pumped by the, the, the Premiers. What, what, what has the, the, the vibe, the mood been? I mean, 5-0 and oh at Red Hill. I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it in your lifetime, Mitch, but um, 1998 was the last time that that happened. And the Broncos won a Premiership that year. Oh, I probably was just starting to learn how to talk at that time. Um, but... Yeah, there's just an atmosphere, like the atmosphere, if I can talk. um, Yeah, it's really positive. They're on, you wouldn't say cloud nine. They're obviously very happy with where they're at, but they're also, there's just being like a a real effort to make sure they're not getting too far ahead of themselves. You know, we are only a couple rounds in now. Yes, it is nice. It's a good streak to have, but, you know, They'll admit the Broncos, they got ahead of themselves last year as well and, and look at where that ended. So, you know, they've taken those lessons out. They're positive. They're loving it. They're thriving off it. But certainly there's so much work to be done and that's how they're treating it. A big key to them this year, Mitch, has been their depth and Jesse Arthurs is the uh, pinnacle of that. He's stepped up when uh, Corey Oates has been unavailable, even when Selwyn Cobbo and 
uh, and moved to fullback because of Reese Walsh not being available. So Jesse Arthurs has re-signed. He's going to be at the club until 2026. Th- those players, the next step up or down, whichever you want to look at it, they've, they've been so important to the Broncos' depth, haven't they? Yeah, and he's been super solid for them. I've always rated Jesse Arthurs as a player, and he did speak to media a short time ago, and he summed it up well. You know, he hadn't been given a lot of chances or a lot of experience with the clubs he'd been at, um, you know, Titans, Broncos, had that loan at the Warriors, and that's what he really sort of pointed to as the, the reason why he's sort of come in seamlessly and filled what are some mighty big shoes. Oh, well, it's Corey Oates. They're almost clown shoes with the size of of those flippers, but, um, you know, super solid in there and rewarded a three-year extension, you know, that ties him up for the next couple of years, 2026. You also got to think life after Corey Oates, you know, I think we forget he's still only 28, but he's not going to be around forever. And and Arthur's has shown he is a solid replacement, no like for like, but he's fit in seamlessly. And I've really, and I'd say everyone's really liked what they've seen from him. And that combination with Ezra Mam and Reese Walsh running up the back on that left edge has just been superb. It's so threatening and so dangerous. So, yeah, no, very happy for Arthur's to get that extension. A good move from the club too. Mitch, thank you for the update. We'll catch your story, your report tonight, 7 News at 6. Mitch Crone down at Red Hill. He mentioned Jordan Rickey having a, a knock to the hip, a cork. Jordan Rickey, for me, is the Broncos' most underrated player. And I mentioned that last hour about underrated athletes. Michael Nisa is the country's most underrated cricketer. Oscar McInerney, the most underrated lion. For me, as far as the Broncos are concerned, Jordan Rickey is their most underrated player. Think about the, the shoes he's had to come in and fill. David Fafitas. Fafita goes, Ricky stands up. Who's playing the better footy right now? Jordan Rickey, hands down, surely. I reckon he's on about half the payback of David Fafita. And that's just comparing him to one player. But he has been so solid for Brisbane. You saw that opening try. He scored against the Tigers on the weekend. He is their underrated, most underrated player, isn't he? Or if not, who is? And let's broaden it. Across sports, across codes, across teams. The most underrated players in sport. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. As I've been saying all morning, a $50 voucher to the Sporting Globe, Logan and Rubina. They are your home of ARL and, NRL and AFL. You can uh, catch all the games there live and loud. 13, 13, 55. All right, let's go through some of these texts. Uh, this one says, Ben, in the world of social media, Everyone in society is an expert and has the ability to voice their opinion. It wasn't like that in times gone by. This is simply extended to sporting players having access to media to voice their opinion. I feel sporting stars probably have too much of a say on things that they aren't necessarily an expert in. But this is the times in which we live. Signed A. Thank you. Look, we are talking this morning about activist athletes sports stars having their say on social issues. Is that a turnoff? It's something that I spoke to Tristan Hay about a little bit earlier. Now he is the general manager of THM sports marketing. He's a marketing guru. And the idea behind this is, well, we've spoken at length about Pat Cummins, Linter Energy and cricket, but are bigger brands now 
sponsors balking at putting their money into, say, naming rights of a cricket team or a footy team, whatever it may be, because of outspoken athletes. Is this now the world in which we live? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think again, we're kind of in an era of athlete empowerment um, at the moment. So, again, if you, you kind of look across world sport, there's a real trend in, in fan engagement now um, with people kind of starting to support athletes just as much as our teams. Um, again, it's quite Australia. We're very used to kind of having our team and, and, you know, regardless of whether a player transfers from one team or another, always going to stick six dollars to that team. What we're seeing in the US and in the UK, you know, Premier League football and, and Big Bash and NBA and NFL is fans, you know, basically just backing a player. And, and when that player may tra- get traded or change teams, they're, they're basically jumping teams. And the same thing can kind of be said in terms of how I think brands are kind of looking at their support or their, their kind of commercial sport, uh, commercial support in sport. Um, some will want to associate with an athlete um, and a player, um, and that's that's great for them, whereas others again, may want to, um, you know, buy into the vision of this team and the success of that team. Here we go. Tristan Hay, sports marketing guru, THM is his company. He's the managing director of it. He's been dealing with the likes of Nick Kyrgios, uh, the NRL, the NBA. Uh, he has been across so many sports, and that is his take on the world in which we live now, 2023. I know there's been a few texts through saying, boomers, wake up. Not in that era yet. But, actually, no, I wouldn't be in that era. Not a baby boomer. Born in 74. Come on. Uh, But Darren says, Ben, absolutely sports stars should make social commentary on whatever they like, as should you and I. There's no problem using a platform created by their gift of hard work and a combination of both. Give the punters a bit of credit. If they don't like what is said, there's no compulsion to agree, but they will talk about it and make up their own mind. Darren, speaking a lot of sense on the text line. Uh, this one from Muzz. He says, Ben, to the vocal sportsman, know your subject. Have no skeletons. Think about it and sleep on it before you go public. Be aware the media usually fish where they get a bite. And if you do, don't stress because it'll be fish and chip paper in a week. There we go. 13 13 Opinions on both sides of the divide. Where do you sit? Stand. Let me know. 13, 13, 55. We have a Sporting Globe $50 voucher. If you go there for dinner, drinks are on us. Pretty simple. We'll give that away before midday today.